poor little bug on the wall. Ding, ding. No one to love him at all. Ding, ding. No what one to... <laughs> it's a song about a bug, of course. What kind of question is that? <laughs> uh, clearly, I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's from Bluey, so I, I, I can see why. It, so I think it's an Australian song. Uh, or maybe it's in a Bluey original. I literally don't know. But it's been stuck in my head for like two days. It's an episode called Butterfly, I believe. So, all right, we should we should probably start the episode. Mm, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We should probably podcast. That's why we're here. Hello, friends and fiends. Welcome to Bugs Need Heroes, a podcast where an artist and an entomologist team up to illustrate the inspiring abilities of insects by creating a bug themed superhero. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kelly. Breathe, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, producer Derek and Rotunda are also here. Before we get started creating this bug-inspired hero, what's bugging you, Kelly? <laughs> that, was, I'm, that was very I'm, quick. <laughs> I'm listening. That's my, my, my Fraser voice. I'm listening, Seattle. <laughs> Amanda sounds highly caffeinated this morning. <laughs> Just salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> you know so that's yeah that's how it's good what's bugging you kelly oh um no, not too much i guess i had a had like a little mole removed on my arm oh that's the word i have we're gonna be band-aid. scar buddies now mine's right here oh yeah see. i can actually see it i'm surprised they can see it on the video usually yeah you it's can't a, it's a gnarly one i like a little salty that it's so gnarly um because like why'd you Why'd you do that to me, bro? I just to make a mole removed. I need like this, this they like have to bullet cut. wound scar. Yeah, they have to go like so much wider mm-hmm. than the mole yeah. so that they can, you know, I don't want to be gross on the pub, but so they can seal it properly and it doesn't, yeah. you know. They use their, their tiny little lightsaber on you. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> cauterizer. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of cool. I asked a million questions. I'm probably the most annoying person to operate on unless I'm asleep because I need to know everything that's happening um i did make the mistake of looking don't and look. uh don't look do that away. doesn't look no don't do it i'm not i'm not squeamish at all but i saw the inside of my body and i, I didn't need to <laughs> didn't not need to be to. gross on the podcast it's <laughs> a probably get cut so sorry derek uh, I've seen my insides twice. I don't know if you we've mentioned that before. Oh, because you're a baby. Because of my C-section. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, have you ever seen your own guts? Because I have. I have and it kind of messes with you. It kind of does things to your brain that you've seen your own guts. Oh, I think it reminds you that you're made, made of, of guts. Yeah. things. Yes, yeah. You're just you're just an electrified meat suit, friend. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, it's I think it's healing. Okay, it happened on Thursday, and um. Last night, I slept in this morning. I thought I was going to be late to the pod because uh, in the middle of the night, I rolled over onto my arm. Oh, bro. And <laughs> woke up with the worst ah, feeling and then um, couldn't get back to sleep because I was in pain. Yeah. Finally got back to sleep and it completely reset my sleep cycle. So yeah. did extra sleep in this morning. That's How okay. about you? What's bugging you? Oh, well... Into the glamorous world of motherhood once again, we we trudge. Uh, my son this week, sorry, my beautiful boy, has had an upset tummy. Oh, um, and it has guy. produced itself as a upset booty. So oh, really? I have 
I have had to clean my rug five times. Oh no. I finally that ha- took it. Oh, <laughs> my, my back's oh yeah. <laughs> so like my my back is a little sore because I took the, the main living room rug, I took it out to the backyard with the intentions of just hosing that sucker down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's lived it. a hard life this week. <laughs> uh, he called them squirty farts because Of course they, he did. Because he's four. Yeah. And they just kept sneaking up on him. They just kept You gotta tell him not to trust it. Don't trust him. Eventually he learned that lesson. But <laughs> but he would he, he had this thing where like he felt fine and then he needed to go right now. Yeah. Right now poor poor i can't imagine a little kid handling that yeah he just didn't make the run the the 10 feet to the bathroom was too long so so i took my rug out back and i just dumped some dollar store carpet cleaner on it which is the best stuff which means it's probably made of like pure ozone (laughs) it's got to be bad for the environment and just scrub the heck out of that poor rug um and then I left it outside to dry yesterday because it was in the mid 80s. Uh, I got to roll it back up and take it back inside today. <laughs> so, so you got to, would you say you're uh, rolling up dung? Is that what's happening? My gosh, you, you, are, you are absolutely correct. I am rolling up. <laughs> well, hopefully I'm I'm rolling up what used to be a place for dung, but is now no longer a place for, for dung. Ugh. But I've had a very dung filled week, which appropriate for this week's episode which is dung beetles yeah yeah i mean it's almost as if your sweet little son was in on the joke (laughs) i promise you if he can be in a joke about dung beetles he absolutely will be (laughs) a boy loves a poop joke and we've had to like discourage some of those things we're like you're a poop you know yeah yeah classic little boy things to say uh are we gonna say poop this episode or are we gonna say dung because it might get. I mean, <laughs> uh, you can say whatever you want to say. I'll probably say dung. Yeah, um, it's a little bit more scientific. <laughs> a little bit more removed. They're, they're called the dung beetle, not the poop beetle. Well, after all, that's just good PR. They've just clearly got a good PR manager. <laughs> well, there are uh, like seven thousand species of dung what? beetle. What? There's yeah, seven thousand species of dung beetle. Yeah. I was thinking like there's like five species of dung <laughs> bugs, man. They're everywhere. Yeah. There's a lot, and they well, they belong to two families: the uh, Geotrupidae, which are like earth-boring dung beetles. Every beetle in that family is a is a, a dung beetle, and then there's Scarabidae, like scarabs. I'm sure you've yes. heard of scarab beetles. They're not all dung beetles. Some of them are dung beetles. Oh, the rectangle square situation. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're probably today when I'm talking about them, most of them, most of the generalizations I'll be making are likely for the scarab side of things. So if we can generalize a little bit. Because like I said, 7,000 species. <laughs> we're going to... Yeah. We're going to be a little so, general. Yeah. So Scarab for me is like the beetle. He's got a little head and he's got that wide, beautiful round back. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. the general shape of most of these yep. dudes? Yeah. Club so, antennae. Um, we can think about them 
Well, don't don't we have a don't we have a Beetle Hero coming out in the Blue Beetle DC? comes out? The, yes, the greater, a DC, DC movie. Universe? So it's 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 Batman, not Captain America. If that, I probably should say Superman versus Captain America. They're more <laughs> analogous. But you know, so S- Batman, not Spider Man, which means it's the less established universe. Yeah. Uh, so. Maybe that means they'll be able to do more stuff with it. I know that they recently had a complete changeover of who's in charge of the DC universe. So right. Well, the um, the beetle. I mean, the, the beetle in Blue Beetle is a scarab. Yes, so I believe it's family. even called. It's even called the scarab. The, the, the scarab, yeah. Probably not a dung beetle scarab, though. <laughs> Probably not. But imagine <laughs> if it was. Oh my gosh! What an untapped power set for Jaime. <laughs> All this time they've been doing like flight and, and beetle strength and beetle jaws. But secretly, Jaime all this time could have been. Roland Dung? Roland Dung. Been a, <laughs> been a waste management professional. Oh, if he was a waste management professional in his daily life, it would be amazing. <laughs> okay, well, so now, okay, so step one. Our hero this week is a beautiful garbage man. All right, all oh, right. Yeah. Garbage oh, man, not one of the <laughs> colloquials that has switched over to an ungendered term. Still a garbage man. Garbage, yeah, could be garbage person. I've seen a lady, He's a, a garbage, I've seen a lady, a garbage, garbage woman before, and I was, oh like, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you can't awesome. be a garbage, awesome. garbage yeah. man. Who's, you know, a, I was surprised. You don't see too many women wanting to go into that profession, but she well, was. I hear it hanging on well. the back of the truck. Yeah, that'd be the one I want to do. Looking totally free. And easy breezy, yeah. love and life. And suddenly, I was jealous and wished I was a garbage woman. <laughs> this is a very sun centric episode so far. But my son went through a phase where like garbage trucks were the coolest thing on the planet. Oh yeah, um, which is pretty common. A lot of two year olds just like fall in love with a big truck. My niece, who well, my friends, my, my very good friend's daughter, who we just call our niece. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, uh, she was super into garbage trucks when she was little and when i think for her third birthday we got her this really fancy german wooden garbage truck wow everything worked and and montessori garbage truck (laughs) she like ignored everything else she got and was so pumped about this garbage truck while she was dressed as a ninja and a princess at the same time she's fantastic a natural combination yes she's fantastic i love her I just remember when my son was little, we'd hear the beep, beep of it, like, down the street. Mm-hmm. And we'd be, like, in bed. And he would just sit bolt upright and go, garbage truck! <laughs> and, you know, we knew we had, like, about a minute to get to the front door to just book it down the stairs, you know, and, and go to the front door and see the garbage truck that week. Because if we missed it on Friday, he was, like, upset about it. <laughs> like, upset. <laughs> Luckily, they That's were so cycling. Cute. The recycling came the same day, so if you missed the nine o'clock garbage truck, you could usually catch the ten o'clock recycling truck. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, our neighbor is like the mechanic who works on the big trucks, so we've we've gotten a lot of waste management goodies over the years. Because if he sees, you know, things, and our garbage truck dudes also give out these little foam trucks as like oh. As what like are they? PR like thing? toys? Yeah, they're kind of squeeze. They're like stress like balls. stress relievers. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, just that's really cute. And they like That's give them to cute. kids they see because they 
they must see kids on their route every week of like hi hi oh <laughs> like Ted all got kids one of the, love garbage trucks all kids love garbage trucks my son got one of those big garbage trucks that like he hit the button and it goes boop boop you know that stuff oh, and he yeah. wanted to like show it to the garbage people be like Look, did I they love it though too. oh yeah they like waved and you know, hey <laughs> It seems like, you know, a stinky job, but... I've never seen an angry-looking garbage person, ever. They always look like they're having a great time. Again, I've heard it pays well because people don't want to do it, and so they really have to, like, entice you with capitalist gains. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe maybe it's all right if you don't mind being a little little stinky. So, okay, so step one, our hero is definitely a, a garbage, a waste management professional. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay, let me write this down real fast. Waste management. The, the true heroes, I think. Yes. Because without waste management professionals, we would need lots of dung beetles to kind of fix the situation. <laughs> um, people don't realize. Control. Yeah. People don't realize how important it is to have waste, waste management folks until something's broken. Yeah. I mean, striking is in the air right now. Now's your time. Yeah. Waste management. <laughs> I, I've heard that, <laughs> that they've gone on strike in like New York before and it like changed the landscape of New York for oh, yeah. as long as the strike yeah. went on. Uh, in Europe too. I just can't imagine how much garbage. Oh, like New York is full of garbage. Yeah. It's like it's track. already full of garbage and then you go on strike and it's like, yeah. oh, this this is this is like the town from Wally now, you know? <laughs> So our, our guy will be a waste management professional. He'll right. be by day, by day. We'll see how he how he shakes out by night. <laughs> I think he would have a sort of Wolverine like body. You know that squatty. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm gonna draw him with a Wolverine body. So let's give him strong arms because he's been lifting uh, lifting bags of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and then how how big is he? Is he um, a big guy, a little guy? So their size varies a lot. Beetles of genus Aphodius are maybe like the smallest is only an eighth of an inch. So a little fella. In North America, I think our biggest one is called the Carolina Corpus. And they're about one and a quarter inch. So they can they vary in size quite a bit. But and I think this is the dung beetles most people are thinking about, are the ones in Africa. Ex- exactly. You see them on the just, nature just documentary with elephant around, dung. Like, yeah. Give me that gold. Give me that gold. <laughs> they can be over two inches in length. For the elephant Super. ones? Yeah, yeah. That, that's a big That's a big beetle. It's a big beetle. Oh, yeah. Especially when you consider they're kind of round, too. So like They're quite round, easy. yeah. Yeah. That's a big dude. And I, I know that they're in, of all places... Uh, in I think Ireland, because there's this Irish show on Netflix called uh, Puffin Rock, Ooh. which is about uh, puffins, obviously, and they live on an island. I love a puffin. Yes, and and they have an episode where where the little puffin helps the dung beetle get their dung Aww. beetle ball back to their home. So so the nature documentary is about elephant feces, and the <laughs> <laughs> the kids cartoon. Puffin Rock is where I'm drawing my dung beetle knowledge from. Your inspiration from? Yes. They, well, they're found on uh, every continent but Antarctica. They're everywhere, um, which I was a little, I don't know why I was a little surprised when I was reading about this, but well, I think because I, mean, I just mostly thought about African dung beetles. 
before dung going is into the show. Where you find it, Kelly. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes. So it's well, like Beatles, it's not like dung they're... is where the home is. <laughs> home is where your your little ball of feces is. So, I mean, if that makes sense, like if they're filling, you know, that there's kind of this niche in a lot of ecosystems mm-hmm. of the like recycler, you know, like, right. oh, I, I'm the scavenger of carcasses. I'm the breaker down of logs. And this guy is the breaker down of waste product from all the other activities that animals get up to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, someone's got to get rid of dung. This is why they're important for agriculture, right? So. You need something to get rid of all those cow pats when you're a rancher because they bring flies. Flies bring disease. They also bring nematodes. Nematodes are disease vectors too. So these guys make cow pastures a much safer place for the cows. So are so they're important for agriculture, not just elephants. So are, are farmers like we not just elephants? Well, elephants, <laughs> you know, they, they could be farmers, you know. So are are farmers purposely cultivating dung beetles in their farms the way that they purposely cultivate like ladybugs in their yeah. gardens? Or oh, yeah. we talked about last week, the cinnabar moth to get rid of the tansy so their cows don't get sick. So some actually some of them are even imported because they're dung beetle, beetles from other parts of the world. They're a lot more efficient than your natives. We're finding that to be the case off the roof. We're like stealing <laughs> bugs from other places and be like, places. our modern, you know, our, our native honeybees are okay, but we're going to need that European honeybee, please. Yoink! You know, so that's well, funny. What I thought was really interesting, so in Australia specifically. Um, Australia? Australia? <laughs> don't you be important anymore, animals, Australia. <laughs> There's a lot of ranching that goes on in Australia. Oh, and they And they do have native dung beetles they have i think they have 20 no they have 500 native species of dung beetle in australia but they're used to dealing with marsupial dung and marsupial dung is really dry completely right. different texture than I've a heard cow wombat is wombat a marsupial or am i i'm like cuckoo cadoodles wombats right are now. yeah wombats are marsupials okay okay because they have this the cube shape the cubed dung the right cube. right <laughs> which is so funny to me but they but they don't um they they don't produce really the the right they don't produce the right kind of dung for for rolling around yeah for rolling around no well they they do (laughs) they they do for their native species but the native dung beetles can't roll a cow pat because the cow pat's too wet so australia had to import 29 additional species that can that, handle wet cow patties that is hilarious oh my yeah. gosh so they needed to like specialize oh i'm the i'm the dry the dry poo specialist and i'm the wet poo specialist specialize <laughs> with the the things that you've evolved next to yeah so that's funny that's and evolution. i guess they're not going to compete with the natives because it's totally different yeah because they don't want that dry dung they want that ranching useless. Ranching from cows, yeah. It's pretty amazing, right? That's interesting to think about how ranching and farming, you know, we think about it changing the landscape mm-hmm. of the earth yeah. a lot. But I, I, hadn't, I hadn't really thought much about how it changes the bug ecosystems, but it must absolutely change every single bug in, in, ecosystem that they it do does. sort of things too. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about 
think about the flies involved in yeah. cow dung and oh, you know wow. like i said nematodes before mm-hmm. so the nice thing about the dung beetle is they take this dung which could attract pests and they bury it and when they bury it they actually change the soil the nutrients in the soil making it better uh, it's kind of amazing because they're like reintroducing i hear nitrates is the buzzword yep, i hear a lot when it comes to <laughs> fertilizer of all manure of all kinds you're looking for a high nitrate so they're just kind of doing that you know i'm not waiting for you to come over with a bag of this stuff i'm the digging the hole and i'm putting the nitrates right back in that soil doing it myself yeah oh my gosh. isn't it incredible so what do they do i don't with know if i'd the- call them ecosystem engineers like a beaver but maybe maybe a little bit they're certainly helping they're certainly gardening certainly ecosystem gardeners <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, uh, what do, what do they do with it yeah what do they do with it because are they eating it are they eating the parts of it that aren't digested are they using it as just a place to like lay eggs i'm not entirely sure what they think i know that they have the, they have the dung what do they so do with the dung? it's all about it's all about child care amanda oh i'm putting those babies in the poop <laughs> they, they are so there are three types uh three types of dung beetle and and the way that they engineer a nest Male and female partner up, and then they work together to make the this nest arrangement, this nest environment for their eggies, which is very cute. Yeah, I love a bug partnership. I love when uh, they team up. I love when any animal has a like a partner. It's like that, a spouse. Just, you know, you know, I love love, even though I know that, yeah. like they're not. You know, love might be a high concept for an animal to have, but I just love love for an insect. <laughs> Yeah, I, for an insect to partner up is pretty cute. I think maybe other mammals might have the concept, but that's that's like a whole other show. <laughs> that's a whole other show. Do swans show. feel love? You know, uh, I don't know. Which, maybe there's um, there's this one line in. Okay, so back to my wolf girl roots, as you know. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so my one of my favorite books as a kid, as like a middle schooler on up was Mm -hmm. the sequel to julie of the wolves so julie of the wolves dark you know she's a a first nations inuit girl who like has to leave a bad situation at home and she goes and lives in the wilderness to escape and befriends this wolf pack and they they don't take care of her but they like accept her as part of the landscape Mm -hmm. and don't you know, and she like observes them and, you know, by the end of the movie, she decides she's going to like help save the wolves, blah, blah, blah. That's the first book. The second book is written the way that I would write a book about wolves, which is that like now she's like full friends with the wolves and the wolves have like <laughs> thoughts and feelings. <laughs> and, you know, they have like dramatic situations between the wolves and like this was written in the time when like Alpha Wolf was still like the prevalent sort of oh yeah yeah accepted genre of of wolf uh which to be clear if you like wolves alpha wolf is not a thing no <laughs> it's, it's not a thing not it's a, just not a thing mom and but, dad and their their kids from either last year or this year and like that's kind of it that's what wolf the, the scientist who coined the alpha wolf thing is so upset he's yeah, so because he like took it back like like not even Instantly. like eight months later yeah. he was like this is straight up wrong i he, was wrong he hates that it's become this terrible oh yeah and like 
sort of bad people have co-opted it as badness yeah for sure like there are societies and even societies close to human societies where there is like an alpha quote unquote but wolves are just not one of them (laughs) but we should do um, a whole episode on um uh, words words like that around animals that yeah, are just not, that are just not wrong. true. Straight up, yeah. that is incorrect. Don't Falsets. do that. Like, say that you're a gorilla <laughs> with a horror. <laughs> then maybe we can talk about scientific accuracy. You're a male turkey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are a cuttlefish and you don't know it, but you're getting snuck up on right now. Uh, anyway, back to my point, though, is that wolves have... That one of my favorite books as a kid was these wolves that have interpersonal uh, connections. And there's mm. one point where the, the alpha wolf got got taken by the scientists, you know, and so all the wolves are freaking out because they don't know what happened to their alpha wolf and now they're without a leader and everything's bad. But then the, the alpha wolf comes back and his mate comes and finds him and they like touch noses on this hill in the moonlight. <laughs> and Julie and her then fiance are like observing them and the fiance is like, don't let anyone tell you that the wolves is, do not is, feel love. Is the fiance a wolf or a person? Uh, uh, um, he was a person, but okay. Loki might have been a wolf, like Twilight style, <laughs> which you know is like its own kettle of fish about like introducing native persons who transforms into wolves. Ugh, dicey. So yeah, but they yeah they much like much like your wolves and Julian the wolves yes, the uh, the dung beetles partner <laughs> they partner up. I don't know if they're in love. We can. I'm going to assume they are in love. We can pretend they're in love. It'll make everyone happier. Listen, I think. when you're in love, you go through a lot of poo together. Yeah, that. And who better? That does sound true. Than, yeah, than the dung beetle. The dung beetle. <laughs> so they they spend like 95 percent of their lives in dung. It's juicy. It's a lot. It's sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's juicy. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> And there are three types of dung beetles. They're either dwellers, tunnelers, or uh, rollers. I love this. I love little categorizations like this. Yeah, it sounds like you're about to describe like a roller derby of beetles. Like, are you a roller? (laughs) So, well, we'll start with, with dwellers. So dwellers lay their eggs right in that patty, right in the dung. Do they bury it first or just... They like kind of burrow into it a little bit and then deposit an egg. Uh, this is this is an okay strategy. It kind of leaves the egg susceptible to predators. Yeah, uh, like like fly larvae moving around in there right. or other things that might want to munch. But your offspring is surrounded by food. As soon as that egg hatches, boom, it's like food city until yeah. they're ready to pupate and become adults. Um, and these guys do full metamorphosis, uh, egg, larva, pupa, adult, uh, as, as beetles do. And then there are tunnelers. Tunnelers are cool. They have like special digging arms on the front. Their front limbs are like made to dig. So they're like flat and spread out a little bit. They will dig a tunnel under the, the cow, the cow pad or the elephant pad or whatever we're, we're looking at here, the marsupial pad, if you will. And, um, (laughs) And lay in they'll lay their eggs in the tunnel. The tunnel can be branching or it can be a single tunnel. And then once that hatches, the larvae moves up the tunnel into the pat and feeds itself that way. This is pretty protected. Not a bad strategy, I, th- I think. If I'm going to rate 
dung beetle life history strategies. Tunnelers, okay. Um, and then there's rollers. Rollers are kind of funny to me. So rollers will take the dung, r- roll the egg up into it, and then they will run away from the dung pads to go stash it. So you'll see them like moving the dung around and there used to be in like the so nature documentaries when they're rolling. Yeah. There's probably there's a, little, egg in there. There's a little eggy in there. Yeah. They there. burritoed their, their yes. little egg and they're like, okay, so we're going in the car. <laughs> well, they got to get it away from that pet because like I said, that pet's going to attract predators and you don't right. really want your little, your new little larva to be born in that. Sometimes it's, it's funny to put the egg in first and then roll it instead of rolling it and then put the egg in. But I well, guess they that's do. What they the first guy does. They grab some of that pat and they roll it away and then they wrap an egg up into it. But then they might keep right. rolling to just get it going. a safe distance. So what's funny is the early 19th century scientists were watching them do this, and occasionally other beetles would come over, and they thought, "Oh, look at them! They're helping each other." They're helping each other roll. Oh, no. Oh, no. But they, they were just trying to steal each other's yeah, dung. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I was going. Hey, that's a nice dung ball you got there. Shame if somebody took it. Took it from you. Oh, that's a nice round ball. That looks like the perfect size. That's mine now. It's like that. Uh, it's like the you you made this. I made this. Uh, internet. Yeah, yeah. I made it. I made it this. It's mine I made now. This. So they steal dung balls from each other. Um, it's usually one one egg per per ball. Really? Oh, that's interesting. The female will lay 10, 10 to 80 eggs in her lifetime. That's a lot of dung balls. Depends on the species and everything. And the, the balls are usually pretty large in comparison to the to the beetle. I think everyone's probably seen photos or... A nature documentary again, especially with the elephant, the elephant yeah. dung beetles. They get you can see so, they're pretty big, so round, round too. Yeah. It's amazing how round they are, considering oh, yeah. that that like a lot of dung doesn't start off very round. They really have compressed this thing into a. I, I've googled it now, so I'm looking now. Are you looking at them? Yeah, I'm looking at them. They're hard workers. They are hard workers, and and it's so interesting. Like. So the back feet as the strategy mm-hmm. is interesting to me as well. That they wouldn't push it forward, which seems like the natural locomotion to make, right? Katamari style, kind of. Yeah, yeah, Katamari style. But no, they go, they kick it backwards with their. How do they see where they're going? Well, um, what's kind of cool. This is my like the my favorite part of reading about dung beetles was they. So they want to go in a straight line. And they orient themselves at night because they're still they move around during the evening with the Milky Way. They navigate by the stars. What are you <laughs> yeah. even saying to me right now? They are like wayfinders. Yes, <laughs> yeah, little poopy wayfinders. <laughs> That's amazing. So you're just out there at night with their lady love, mm-hmm. taking care of their egg baby inside of this pile of a perfectly spherical poo and they're like where are we going let me check the stars yes. that oh my gosh who knew how romantic this dung beetle was not me 
Very rom- oh, I didn't even think about it as romantic until you yeah, just said that. Yeah, under the stars with your lady it's love. Very romantic. Mm. Isn't that incredible? That's amazing. How did I even see that far? You know, I think I guess I just think of bugs as being like so. I got all those little eyes so they can see. Well, remember the little ocelli on the top <gasps> of the top of the head? The primitive eye. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the I love this. They figured this out. Some scientists in South Africa took some dung beetles to the planet planetarium in Johannesburg. Of course. Took, took them out for date night at the planetarium. <laughs> <laughs> date night at the planetarium. <laughs> Which I would love. Note to my husband. Um, <laughs> he doesn't listen to the pod. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, today might be the day. <laughs> uh, well, they took them to the planetarium and they made it as dark as possible so that they could make sure the beetles were not navigating via the horizon. So it's totally dark. They can't look for that horizontal plane. And then they started changing the way this, the sky looked. They made the stars brighter or dim. And they, they do navigate just fine with only stars. But then they discovered if you turn off most of the stars and you leave the Milky Way, they still navigate just fine. Incredible. Uh, and they orient themselves pointed at the Milky Way as well. So this is how they can go in a straight line, even though they're pushing it from the back. That's amazing. Just think that the, this is going to get too philosophical, but like, <laughs> like space, which is so wondrously huge, unfathomable. Mm-hmm. It's in fact why I don't like space because it, it makes me feel too small, but uh, that like burning nitrogen, possibly billions of miles away is affecting this one little bug on the planet. That's pretty cosmic. Yeah. That's pretty cosmic. It is, isn't it? I I loved We're all connected. I love this. Great circle of life. <laughs> but this little poo beetle little is poo uh, beetle. is so inspirational to think about. Um so I'm philosophical. I have to get like a like a dung beetle inspiration inspirational poster here for my my <laughs> podcast dungeon. I'm going to put it there and I'll be like I can do anything. I am I am just one little dung beetle navigating by the stars. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> if the stars little... are important enough for this dung beetle, gosh darn it, they're important enough for me. Incredible, right? Oh, I loved it. And they're the only, uh, so they're the only insect we know of that orients themselves to the Milky Way. And they're, I think, I think they're the only other animal that uses the Milky Way for navigation. It seems sophisticated to do so. Yeah, you know, there are other nuts. species that use stars to navigate. So seals will use stars to navigate. Birds can use the stars to navigate. Um, obviously, humans. But this this like very particular orientation to the Milky Way is really just us and dung. This one species of dung beetle in South Africa. I don't know if they all do it. They just study right. this one kind. Yeah, producer Derek is calling them cosmic bugs, and he's right. Yeah, very definitely. Cosmic. I just, I now my mind goes to is light pollution a problem for beetles the same way that light pollution can be a problem for bu- for birds. Light pollution is a problem for everything. For everything. Just everything. And bats too. Bats, birds, baby sea turtles. Battlestar Galactica. Um, yeah, bears beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> all- <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah, I just, That's- I love it. I'm sure other other beetles 
other insects probably also navigate by star starlight maybe even the milky way it just hasn't been tested yet but incredible absolutely blew my mind i was so pumped reading about that and i think i had remembered seeing that on a an attenborough documentary too it sounds like an attenborough thing to say doesn't it like yeah here the tiny dung beetle in its romance with the stars and then it's like (laughs) they show like you know they always do that like time lapse of like you know the, the stars going around and around and around Oh yeah, and it's just this they little dung beetle, and he's pushing that ball mm, as fast as he's, he can. And then they do like a fade out, do. and the dung the, the dung beetle is pushing the world now instead of a dung ball. <laughs> Amanda, you gotta start doing documentaries. <laughs> oh man, I'm ready. He's that feels like I, I say that now, but now I feel like that's a real mythos. Like mm-hmm. I'm not pulling that out of nowhere that the dung beetle is pushing the earth. Did you come be. across anything about that in your? Now I gotta, now uh, I gotta Google, bro. No, I, I just think you're um, of the Egyptians. The Egyptians use the scarab oh, beetle, and they to particularly push the sun across the sky. The sun, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Well, they also saw um, the ancient Egyptians saw the sacred dung beetle as like a, I think transformation, a sign of transformation and change, and. So you say Egypt and scarab. And you know mm-hmm. right where my mind's going to go. The 1998 cult classic, The Mummy, <laughs> starring Brendan Fraser. I love Brendan Fraser. I love I you, Brendan Fraser. That movie. Well, welcome back, Brendan Fraser, by the way. Welcome back, by the way. Welcome Friend back. of the pod, you. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> oh my gosh, imagine. <laughs> I wish. Between I would be so Pedro Pascal in front of the podcast of Brendan Fraser. Um, <laughs> what, a, what a handsome podcast we'd have all of a sudden but uh that movie is, we have producer I mean, Derek the podcast is already handsome it's quite oh, handsome well I can't think that because <laughs> he's, he's your brother, my brother. <laughs> it'd be weird it'd be like oh dicey um but the mummy might be second only to Jurassic Park might be I the closest there Park. is to the perfect movie I we just had the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. I, I love Jurassic Park. I, I felt so old. <laughs> uh, yeah, first of all, so old. So <laughs> our local science muse- museum does like a watch along for Jurassic Park every now and then. And they Ugh. give you snacks that correlate with what's going on on the screen. Oh, that's Very fun. fun. If, if you're in the Portland area, would recommend. Uh, but there is one part where they feed you a cigarette butt, which is not great. But oh well. <laughs> what? They give you like this really bitter, like uh, olive leaf wrapped around some filling, and it tastes like cigar because you're 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 seeing this the part where Samuel L. Jackson's like, "Hold on to your butts, butts. yeah." (laughs) (laughs) You take a bite of this little olive uh, leaf thing, and you're like, "Oh, this is horrible! Why'd you make me eat this?" Because up till then, all the snacks have been delicious. You know, I use that line all the time. Hold on to your butts every single time I take a, like, I said it yesterday to my children because we were driving <laughs> to grandma's house and there was a bumpy part in the road and I was like, hold on to your butts. But yes, yeah, only Jurassic Park and The Mummy, perfect movies. There's Absolutely. a very, there's a, Absolutely there's perfect. a shortage of perfect movies in this world. It would be a shame to, to sully that one. Uh, Princess Bride, also a great movie. My only real critique of Princess Bride is that Buttercup spends too much of it as a, a beautiful lamp. Yeah. Yes, she was a stunningly gorgeous lamp in that movie. Such a beautiful, beautiful lamp that does nothing. 
<laughs> my only critique, which is why if you're go, so we're in the age. I've gone off track now, but I'm going to go down it anyway. If we're Here living we go. in an hold age, on to your butts. Where- <laughs> hold on to your butts. Amanda's got opinions. <laughs> um, if we're going to go down this road of let's make unnecessary sequels to movies twenty years later, and we're going to pull out the nostalgia, just just yank it out of you. I would be okay with a Princess Bride sequel as long as they got the original cast back. Oh. And, and I want the plot to be that Wesley's old pirate foe has come and taken Wesley. So now we've reversed it where Buttercup, so Buttercup has, has to, to go save them. Wesley. And she has That'll to go fun. and get Indigo back. And she's all like, come on, we're going. And like she gets to be the cool one for the whole movie. And Wesley cool. spends the whole movie as a beautiful lamp that's what i want because mm-hmm. i love White, carrie I mean, always i love she, carrie always i mean you saw her in the first wonder woman she clearly could do it she could do it yeah. and she's such a ba in house of cards that house I'm like, of cards yes do it girl i'm just saying that would be if you're if you're gonna do it do that i would be for this i would be all for yes. this it's the only way i'd be for this <laughs> Because, like, stop it, guys. Stop making unnecessary. Like, let poor Harrison Ford stay home. Let him stay home. He is he an old man. <laughs> he needs to rest. And he won't, say, he won't say no because he, he, he can't let anyone else be. He says Do he it. is indie. So. Right. He can't let someone else. He can let a computer-generated, youngified version of himself be Harrison Ford. But he, he will not let anyone else be Harrison no. Ford. So uh, speaking speaking of like superheroes, because I yes. think Indiana Jones is a bit of a superhero. I, um, I agree. If you want to get into, so you're, you've been drawing our, our little dung beetle friend as we've yes. been chatting, right? Should Do I you... give him overalls <laughs> or should I give him a, <laughs> a tight shirt? Let's give him a tight shirt. Tight shirt? Yeah. To really show off his strong muscly arms. So I think I could start telling you about their superpowers. Amanda, yeah. if you would All like right. a superpower I've, list. I've kind of drawn his civilian form. Okay. For his, uh, but but yeah, lay some powers on me that I'll try to sneak in. Should you do a civilian form and a hero form, like the Blue Beetle? Y- yes. All right, let me scoot him over. Do you think you could do that? Uh, let me, because his civilian form's basically just him in a t-shirt and jeans. So let's copy his you, pose. You, and we'll civilian form, over. you should give him the trash man coveralls. Yeah, you know, like I, well, the... I, gave him, I gave him a space shirt, so I kind of don't want to cover up the space <laughs> shirt. Oh yeah, okay, 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 okay. Let me make my canvas size bigger. There's what? So your, our hero needs super strength. That's that's one thing. So the horn dung beetle can pull up to over eleven hundred times its own body weight. Oh my god! Yeah, strong, ladies and gents. And if you want to think about that as a human equivalent. That's like a an average human male lifting two fully loaded eighteen wheeler trucks. They talk about yeah. ants all the time, you know, like oh, an ant could lift up, you know, a car over its head. But meanwhile, a dung beetle's out here, like Psh, that's that's, that's for kids. That's that, that the children are lifting up the cars. We're on eighteen wheelers <laughs> in each hand. Two fully loaded eighteen wheelers for a human male to average size human male. Isn't that wild? What a strong little bug. Mega strong. But I guess if you're rolling big old dung balls all day, you got to be strong. 
you gotta be strong. I can show uh, you how to be strong. They would also have flight, so dung beetles can make short flights. But do you do you remember? And I hope I hope the listeners googled this when we were talking about the big boy episode. Yeah, with the the did did I show you the video for a stag beetle in flight and how ridiculous it looked? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, where like his head's up, but the rest of his body's like dragging Way behind down. him. Yeah. <laughs> His little legs are flailing around. Practically <laughs> vertical as he's flying through the air. Yeah. Poor so, little guy. Big big beetles are not very good at flying. So they could fly. It's just not great. Um, and then, you know, obviously celestial navigation, which is fantastic. I love oh, it. I've, I've, so I've given him a sack because he was a garbage man. Mm-hmm. But but now that I've added a mask to him, he straight up looked like, he, like he's a it's robber. Like a robber. <laughs> An old-timey robber. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to put a big dollar sign on it. <laughs> oh, producer Derek's kitty Desi is here. She's rubbing all over the mic. Is that Desi? what Desi sounded? Yeah. Desi. Do you hear that? Desi. Um, and, Desi is uh, very cool. So for colors, I know that so the blue beetle is blue, obviously. But um, most dung beetles are black to brown. But there are a few like fancy versions that that come in like metallic green or um Ooh. or blue. There's there's the rainbow scarab, which is just green. Um, male some males have horns, so if he's a male dung beetle, if you want to give him fighty horns, that's okay too. Oh, I might give him a fighty horn. Okay, hold on. Let me let me Google this real fast. Oh wow, this guy's got a big horn. Oh my gosh. <laughs> This guy's more rhino-y than the rhinoceros beetle. My gosh. Uh, Males gotta fight. Gotta fight each other. Oh, this one's got like El Toro horns. Which one? What species is that? What are you looking at? Uh, it's. Uh, let me look. Uh, I click it. It does not tell me. It says what dung beetles are teaching us about oh, the genetics oh. of sexual dimorphism. <laughs> uh, Have we discussed I, sexual dimorphism on the pod before? Do you, Do you know what that term means? I know, I know what it means because I incorrectly <laughs> tried to use it on the <laughs> on the dragons and damsels episode because I thought they were the same bug. Um, but to my knowledge, sexual dimorphism is is literally just how the male of a species and the female of a species look or behave differently. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, great, 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 great. Gold star, Amanda. Yeah. So in humans, <laughs> sexual dimorphism might be facial hair versus a lack. Right. Yes. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love it. I did. I did I go love to school. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just because I'm a dummy not, in the world of bugs. <laughs> no, no. If you're not using these these terms, you forget. Like you know what the concept is, but maybe you forget what the term is. We we love our jargon in science. We're very jargony folk. You are very jargony folk. <laughs> So, so how like are you drawing our friend here? So I'm trying to decide how to make him a dung beetle and not a robber. <laughs> well, I think he needs a symbol on his chest. He feels like the kind of guy that has just like, but I don't want to put a, a, a corpolite on there. <laughs> but you could. I could. <laughs> Maybe I'll just um, give him like a starburst. You could not look at the candy. 
You could look at the Blue Beetle's costume and maybe do a little. Oh yeah, that's an excellent point. Let's get let's get derivative up in here. Derivative, okay, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think Derek has shared a Blue Beetle image. Oh, okay. Let me look over there. Yeah, the Ted Cord one's the best one in my opinion. Like I, I like Jaime's fine. His makes sense in a like you know post Iron Man world. So uh, my husband was telling me that the Blue Beetle was originally given to um, the guy who did the Watchmen. Yes, Alan Moore. Alan Moore, yeah. And then he didn't do anything with it, so. The blue. So instead, DC did something, and he he created the Blue Beetle. No, he created Owl Man yeah. instead of the Blue Beetle, and kind of ran with it. Which is, I had no idea. So, like, Do you know the story of that. So the thing of Watchmen is that originally they. So now we know it as Alan Moore created these Night original Owl, characters. These original characters to like fill in these spots as kind of like homages to real heroes the way that night owls kind of got some batman flavors to him rorschach has some uh he was originally the question which is kind of a i'd say c-list hero at this point (laughs) um but as the story progressed dc got nervous about the use of their ip characters in this story that was pretty uh critical dark of yeah of (laughs) a lot of things because alan moore he can't write anything else um so they eventually told him you gotta switch it out you can do whatever you want you just can't use the existing ip heroes so he he just created some new heroes that homage to to the ones that they were originally going to be so because uh, well alan moore is also totally fine with killing characters Ex- and, yes and dc probably did not want to end no, and they the lines of those heroes. Right, they had they had just bought some of these characters off of other comic book. You know, they wanted to use them. They didn't want to use them in one story and then so right. long, like because comic. Uh, we joke a lot about comic books killing off characters willy nilly, um, but <laughs> they always bring them back. You know, yeah. so they and so once Watchmen was becoming a standalone comic, I think they kind of said, "You can you can do what you want, just don't use the IP." Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So can you describe um, which which Blue Beetle costume you're looking I at? Think, I think I'm going to steal from the Ted Cord one, just because I like that one better. It's the most... Uh, I'm going to have to Google that. Kind of classic. It's, he's all blue. He's got a dark blue beetle thing that is kind of the shape of a, of a beetle over his shoulders. If that makes sense, and then oh, you know, okay. got the gloves. Yeah, that's cool. And then um, glasses or goggles. Yeah, I, I should probably give him goggles because who wants to deal with Papu? You know, he's gonna definitely goggles need, need goggles too. Yeah, yeah, for safety. For safety reasons, he needs goggles. He does not want to constantly be dealing with <laughs> with glaucoma. You know. So all right, well, all right, here we go. Um, let me see. No, there were some 2022 rumors that Jason Sudeikis would play Ted Cord. Oh, really? No, I don't oh, know. It looks like this is who is Ted Cord and Blue Beetle. I don't know where that went. Maybe it's uh, yeah. maybe that never. He happened. also has the little the little booty shorts that I always think are so funny. They're so mid century <laughs> character design. The little blue shorts. 
I'm gonna put them on him. I love a little oh, short. Yeah. yeah, give him the little shorts. Uh, yeah, Derek's calling them strongman shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a reference that the modern eye no longer references, or like no longer immediately says, "Hey, he's a strongman," because we just don't have strongman anymore. I'm gonna give him a cape, a perfectly round cape, because I love that round little body. <laughs> oh, their their bodies are very round, very cute. I think dungoodles are adorable, but. I don't know if the listeners were to count up every time I say a little bug is adorable. It's probably all the bugs. It's all the every bugs. Bug. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> in their own way. In, in the Cinnabar episode, the uh, the little flea beetle was very cute. Oh, he was very cute. Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So I've Googled now scarab iconography. So I'm going to do oh, something. Oh, you're like going to get some fun stuff. Yeah, I think I'm going to steal this sort of idea of the scarab holding the sun that seems to be pretty prevalent in Egyptian iconography here. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to steal that. All right. Pop back over to Photoshop. Theft of idea is what we're about here in the <laughs> art world. That's what we care about. It's the, the highest form of flattery, right? Oh, yes. That's what they say. Always be stealing. So we can talk a little bit about dung beetles so in the field in our field notes on our website the listeners who have visited the website know i always do a little section called um whatever that organism is in culture sometimes there's not not a whole lot but the dung beetles were there's kind of quite a bit going on so one couple of these are more agriculturally based uh dung beetles apparently save the U.S. cattle industry $380 million a year by burying all that cow dung. That's that's a lot of money. A lot of that, money. Oh my gosh! And so there's this, that's just farmers didn't have to remove this because the beetles already had money. Yeah, the beetles did it themselves. It's great. Um, and like I said, it improves nitrate cycling, um, it reduces soil compaction, increases aeration, and um, helps prevent runoff because the beetles are kind of cultivating plant life by burying the dung there maybe they are little ecosystem engineers and i wasn't giving them enough credit at the top of the show (laughs) they're great little dudes they are in proclaimed to be a cure for several disease in chinese traditional medicine of course yes yes seems like there's a a lot of yeah a lot of that uh please don't do anything unless you consult the doctor first (laughs) please don't just rub some dung beetle yeah be be safe um and then so the egyptians like we said the ancient ancient egyptians have a lot of scarab iconography in their their culture and then their folklore they usually use the sacred scarab which is scarabaeus sacer or saker and they kind of mean in their hieroglyphics they use scarabs all the time and it translates to to come into being to become to transform i love a metamorphosis that's pretty neat and then we've seen them in like hans christian anderson has a fable called the dung beetle uh aristophanes the greek playwright has a play called peace and the hero's seed is a giant dung beetle i kind of love the imagery of that could you imagine you're waiting to get saved and you're the guy coming to save you is riding a big old dung beetle. <laughs> Honestly, that'd be awesome. I, yeah. I would allow it. Actually, I think I don't like that. I would take that away. 
Also, oh, on the website, guys and gals and non-binary pals, if you want to go there, you can check out, I always do book recommendations. And on this one, I've added a separate section that's kids books. So if you want to go to the website and get some recommendations for your kiddos, I've got a few on there um, about dung beetles. One called Behold the Beautiful Dung Beetle, which I love the title. Um, Bonkers about beetles and... Maybe this one's for for your little guy, Amanda. It's called I eat. Fella. It's called I eat poop. Oh, a dung, that's... <laughs> a dung beetle story. Uh, we do have a copy of Everybody Poops, which is always a big hit. So, but yeah. So every, I'll eventually update the website for past episodes, but every episode will now have children's children's book recommendations because I get asked that a lot. Is it inappropriate for me to give him a, a, a super power ball that he kicks at people? I think it's great. I think okay, it's okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. So I realized I added that and I was like, I did not ask Kelly if this was okay. <laughs> Make sure it's brown and then you're fine. Kelly, of course. I, I assume all his powers are going to be brown. Brown. <laughs> uh, oh no, producer Derek is asking, is there a baby inside the ball? Oh no! Uh, <laughs> like so a little rude. baby sidekick. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Reminds me of your the fly drawing you did for the last episode for Cinnabon. <laughs> just like, buzzing around on his backpack with his loose limbs and <laughs> his little cow toy. Yeah, very good. Uh, I'm actually very pleased with how the Cinnabarbop uh, ended up in the end because uh, yeah. that red and black is just so good. You can't get away from. Very pretty. But unfortunately, I have been fighting the urge all week to draw Cinnabar and Isabella together. So really, <laughs> you should yeah, just all week. just do it. And I just I'm- I just haven't had time because I was finishing like actual client work, and now I gotta catch up on podcast work. All right. I think okay. Let me p- toss this over to you and see what we mm-hmm. need to add. Yeah, let me take a peek. Dung beetle save. <laughs> kind of love the idea of our plainclothes hero and then next to them uh what they look like in their superhero outfit i feel like you're going to know who he is this is a (laughs) a pretty severe case of is that is that john dressed as a superhero you know though like clark kent who just does his takes his glasses off speaking of clark kent there is a new my adventures with superman out now is it good very good. I've enjoyed it a great deal. It's only four episodes in, but the latest episode went hard on uh, some some sneaky Marvel <laughs> like slap shots. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they uh, they did not hold back on that. Okay. Um. Okay, I'm putting it in the art tab. All right. Let's see what we got here. He's got a little bit of lumberjack energy, for which I can only apologize. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he's great. <laughs> uh, uh, he needs, um, so his his work pants, will he be that green, that, like, green color yeah, for work pants? Like, the waiter's color, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Derek is saying to give him a wrecking ball. Oh, oh, over his shoulder there? That's an excellent, that's an excellent. That's a cool idea, yeah. All right, all right, hold on, let me. 
I came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> I love the insane. I love the scarab on his chest. Very cool. And his mustache. <laughs> yeah, I tried to do his because he had such cute little antennae that were like had these little ruffles on the end, and I was like, that has to be a mustache. Oh yeah. Absolutely. This is great, Amanda. This is gonna look awesome when it's all colored in and and not to always be adding to the uh the bug verse. But I feel like he would be friends with Bumble. Oh, I think so. Yeah. They go to the same gym, I think. They go, they go to the same gym. The same himbo's um, only gym. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh Bumble goes over to Dung Beetle's house when his yeah. wife his wife like cooks dinner and they do game night together. Oh yeah. That's for sure. That's what happened. For sure. <laughs> But because and, uh, Dung Beetle yeah. is a good partner, he helps cook dinner. So they do it together. Of course. He cleans up after. <laughs> he, do- he does. He does the dishes. He does the dishes. She cooks. He does the dishes. You know, classic. Classic uh, domestic setup. We, we, we've really built a universe for our... We really have. <laughs> like, kind of not on purpose, but here we are. There's some that just fit together so nicely. You want them to hang out. Yeah. One one day we'll make a comic. One day. Yeah. With Isabella and Willie Bear as the star. Yeah, definitely. The star of the comic book. Just Willie Bear as the star. Yeah. Just making <laughs> noises. <laughs> I just like the idea of like this whole, like all these adults. And he's like, <laughs> and they're like, mm, I mean, I understand you're feeling that way, buddy, but we have to use kind language, you know. <laughs> but you have to eat dinner before you have ice cream. <laughs> You need to eat your veggies. You've only eaten three plates. You have to eat four. <laughs> You're a growing boy. You're a growing boy. How are you going to pupate having only eaten three plates? <laughs> Can't All build right, a chrysalis. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy. Uh, okay, so I've added a wrecking ball. Is there anything else he 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 needs here? I don't. I think the wrecking ball is fantastic. Um, I love the iconography on his chest. He, he's going to look great. He's perfect. Let's see, Derek says anything. <laughs> Derek is recommending horn-rimmed glasses. <laughs> on his civilian form? On his civilian form, yeah. Right, let me can... see what I can... That would be oh. cute. Oh, I see. Kind of a Clark his... Kent reference with the glasses. I see. Yeah. Do we have um, a hero with glasses yet? No, I don't think we've had a hero with glasses. Because I usually just draw their uh, hero form. So we don't usually have opportunity to see them with glasses on because, you know, you don't wear your glasses as you fight crime. It's a pretty typical, you know, genre trope that like, I wore glasses and then I got superpowers. (laughs) Now I don't need those glasses anymore. It is. Because that's what happens to Pete. Although really, he should have multiple eyes if he's going to improve his his, uh, eyesight. That would look very creepy, though. (laughs) Yeah, obviously. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Miguel is the one who should have multiple eyes, considering he's "quote unquote" fifty percent spider. End quotes. <laughs> have oh, you Miguel. seen uh, Spider Verse two yet? I haven't. I'm oh, a bad. I'm a bad, bad entomologist. <laughs> entomologist. Yeah. But you've just. I'm, been a, busy I'm a bad fan. Lately. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Very busy. Yeah, yeah. Look how cute he is now that he has glasses on. I'm sorry. What a cutie! This he's suddenly become my type. So, you know. <laughs> Does Cody wear glasses? 
Cody, in fact, does wear glasses. <laughs> a dark-haired glasses boys. That's what I like. Everyone's everyone's got a type. Mine is Clark Kent, unfortunately. So. <laughs> Derek is saying the new Spider Boy has multiple eyes on his costume. I have to. Yeah, I saw that. that. Yeah, he he just shared a image, and he kind of has the scarab on the back thing going on too. It's not Clark Kent is not a loser. How <laughs> dare you? Producer Derek is just roasting, roasting, roasting poor Amanda in here. the chat in the Discord uh, chat. We started this this day talking about brother behavior, and we have witnessed it in real time. If if we have any fans, unleash your fury on producer yes. Derek for hey. you for <laughs> roasting now, now Amanda. We're gonna get text, Derek. You be nice to your sister. Yeah, right. yeah, your mom is gonna. My mom's mom, gonna yeah. be mad about this episode. <laughs> yeah, well, well. <laughs> what you gotta do? I love that your mom is a fan of the a fan of the cast. That's really nice. It's very nice. All right, I've added glasses to his civilian form, and I've given him a wrecking ball in his. Oh, he's his... very cute. He's so cute. He's like, yeah, he's great. Yeah. Uh, that mustache. There's no way he's not going to get recognized. Someone's going to be like, Excuse like you, "Wait you? a minute! <laughs> I just saw you a minute ago." And because Dan? we talked about New York, <laughs> is that you? What? No, uh, I gotta go. Uh. And then he just flies very, very slowly away because he can't fly very well. <laughs> I can His legs still just see you hanging around. <laughs> and because we mentioned New York earlier in the episode, I'm picturing him as a New York garbage man. I was I was picturing New York New York garbage man as well. We talked so a lot about, like it. <laughs> about Marvel too, which is always always in New, York. in New York. Don't live in New York if you live in the Marvel universe. It's just a mistake. <laughs> so Amanda, how um how many legs would you give our friend Dumbo? My gosh, I was you know I always like to award a lot of legs for surprises. Yeah. I was surprised this episode that they, we, we didn't give our friend Doug Beetle a, a lovely lady bride, but I know that she's at home waiting. So ready for him to come home. So she's a school. Joke. She's an elementary school teacher. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. In a tough, like in a tough Yes. Yeah. A, oh yeah. Yeah. She helps underprivileged kids for sure. Yeah. You know, she's like <laughs> handing out violins or whatever. <laughs> There's, they're always music teachers in those like inspirational oh yeah movies. yeah uh so i was very surprised to find out that he has a lady love under the stars how romantic a romantic he treats his lady right um plus he's making a beautiful home for his children uh he's in great shape because he's always out there moving he's essential oh, yeah. getting rid of something that we do not want to build up in any quick manner he's all over the, I, Dare I say, six Uh-oh. out of six likes. Oh, we, we've <laughs> the perfect buck. He's a he's a perfect. Look into his eyes in his civilian form. And he is tell perfect. Me he's not a perfect boy. I'm realizing and, now he has the body type my husband did when we first met. <laughs> oh, we're learning a lot about Amanda this episode. <laughs> mm. Some psychology happening right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going through a lot right now looking at this. <laughs> He's, uh, uh, that's great, though. I might have, uh, give me one moment. I'm going to try and find the picture of Cody. <laughs> it was our his profile picture when we met on geek2geek.com. 
I love that oh, you I... met on geek2geek.com. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> I think yes. I would also give Dung Beetle six out of six legs. He is perfect. He's a perfect boy. Perfect bug. Uh... The navigating by the Milky Way really, really put it that's, over the edge for me. That's really yeah. so amazing to me. Like, like, first of all, it's cute as heck. But, like, unironically, it's very, very cool. Yes. Oh, yeah. Cody's photos. Let me scroll on down. Here it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to share this into the live recording chat. This is the pro- this is the very first picture I saw of Cody, and my immediate reaction out loud was to say, "Oh, he cute." Yeah, there, there's we're <laughs> there's Cody on the end there, so that tells you what you need to know. He he does. He does have dung beetle civilian. Yeah. Yeah. The key recreated your husband. And- oh, no. <laughs> well, at least I said a lot about how cute I thought he was. <laughs> there was, I don't think it's on his Facebook. There was one when he was. Oh, I love, I love this picture of him with the vest. He's very cute. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's him dressed as Bane for Halloween. Okay. This is all you need to know. I'm sending you this picture of him as Bane. <laughs> that's great he, he looks like Bane yeah that's fantastic <laughs> oh no we've absolutely uh, died to my psyche here <gasps> oh yeah we've uh, oh, well. learned a lot about Amanda's type this episode and it is dung well, beetle it is a dung boy a poo boy my, which, my, which works because your son is son. <laughs> your son is obsessed he'll be so excited to find out that his dad has been a poo boy all along <laughs> What an episode we've had. This. We've gone on a real journey here. I oh. I let Adelaide poop outside. And by uh, Adelaide poop outside, I mean that I left a dirty diaper outside to see if anything happened. But Nothing. Producer Derek nothing. is just advocating for Amanda's son to poop outside. Hard advocation. He, <laughs> he really wants to track Freedom. down a, a, a poo beetle. He wants a dunk beetle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want my yard if he if it had been another week a different week maybe I would have let him but this week there was no way any dung beetle was going to be interested in what he was producing because he was a soft serve faucet this week. So, <laughs> yeah that's the wrong that's the wrong, kind of the wrong thing yeah so maybe this week I'll, I'll bind him up with some applesauce and we'll see what happens your dedication to the pod is noted and thanked <laughs> My my level of commitment should never be questioned. We oh. try to always use photos that we have taken ourselves. Yeah, for the that's website. right. Yeah, because we don't want to well have problems. We've got to blur problems. out a pile of poo if you try to get <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> so we'll see how much of this episode makes it to air. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we're going to be getting a text from our niece that's like. You guys talked about a lot of poo this week. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Jeez. just how it goes. It's a poo episode. So, so, Kelly, is it mostly herbivore poo that these dung beetles go for? Are we just it's pooping most... in our yards for no reason? I guess it's um, cat poo in it, my yard. It's, it is mostly herbivore, but I know... So do I need to feed the... my son a ton of salad before I try to... Yeah, yeah, to make it a little more fiber-rich. Um, what's kind of neat is they... They sometimes will attach themselves to a cow and just ride that cow around 
until the cow poops. And then they they like do their They're thing. Like, All right, this yeah. is my stop. Ding ding. Hop. Which is much easier than looking for it. I, I forgot. I totally forgot about it. Sorry. To look <laughs> until right this minute. <laughs> oh my gosh. You can yeah, squeeze he- it in somewhere. <laughs> Why isn't he riding a cow in our picture of him? Oh my gosh. He needs a cow companion. Because you can't ride a cow. Humans can't ride cows. They're not built oh, for it. Disagree. I disagree. Maybe he needs a <laughs> buffalo friend. Because you can ride a buffalo. Well, you you can. I'm about to send you. I'm about to send you a YouTube video that's going to change your life. Well, there there's a species of dung beetle that was associated with buffalo, and then as the buffalo kind of died out because of humans, um, the dung beetle also sort of uh, decreased in population. But then I think it just switched over to cows after a while. So they're adaptable. Specifically, white Americans killing the buffalo. Yeah. Yes, white Americans. Please well, listen to this white, song. White Europeans, because right I don't know if they were quite yeah. Americans yet, but yeah. Yeah, they're Americans at that point, because that's mid-18th century. So they're, so they're was, a generation yeah. down. So yeah. they are. Because you can get into a, a psychological debate about when Americans became Americans. Americans, because part, I guess so. Yeah, because part of why Americans want to split off is because the part of the argument is that they're now Americans, no longer British. Um, they're like a Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Now. Yeah. At least that's part of their justification for why they did it. Specifically, I think Ben Franklin's justification. Um, Look at that guy riding a buffalo. Listen to the song, though. The song! (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Let me open YouTube. Oh, man. I I don't... I've never seen that before, and um, I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) That's a little weird to see a man on a buffalo. (laughs) So this is like a whole series. Chasing a bear around. So I think this is one of those shows where they just kind of pointed a camera at a guy and told him, like, here's what the plot we need to happen. Can you try to make that happen? And, like, he does his best. But there's one episode (laughs) where he fights a cougar. And, like, there's some points where he's fighting that cougar where it's it's going badly for him. Wow. You know, like, like it's I would not fight a cougar. That's quote unquote tame cougar that they've, like you know injected into this situation with this actor but like it's still a cougar yeah (laughs) it's gonna be real hard to pry that cougar off of him if yeah it's like clearly like a young cougar and but like i believe that's episode two is where he gets attacked by the cougar (laughs) but that song just lives rent free in my head at all times song's great oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay i am gonna have to add a buffalo. It, I'm gonna make a show note to myself. Um, but if he's a New York City garbage man, where does the buffalo come in? He's from Buffalo, New York City. Obviously. <laughs> oh God! Okay, he's originally from Buffalo. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> it's such a stupid tie-in, but I love it. All right. Well, if you get an opportunity this weekend to pop a squat outside, I hope you take the chance (laughs) to look back and see if any beetles have become delighted by your offering to them. In the meantime, if you want to see poop on the internet, we're on Reddit and Twitter and uh, Instagram (laughs) and all those places. You can find us. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, If you've got nothing to say to us, just post a picture of your animal in our Reddit and we'll we'll look at it. We love that. That'll be your offering to us. Um, 
Until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Bye. Do, 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 do. Bugs Need Heroes is created by Derek Conrad and Kelly Zimmerman. Hosted by Amanda Allen Nide and Kelly Zimmerman. Bugs Need Heroes is produced and edited by Derek Conrad. Our music is Ladybug Castle by Roll Music. All character art by Amanda Allen Nide. Got a bug question? Email us at bugsneedheroes at gmail.com. Check us out on bugsneedheroes.com for the visual companion to our episodes with the artwork of the bug-related heroes. We also have an Instagram, Twitter, and subreddit under the Bugs Need Heroes name. Thanks for coming by. Give me a tendy, please. I'll take a tendy. <laughs>